Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back again with all of our listeners. We're so thankful that we have this opportunity to be with you each day right here on Search the Scriptures and to do exactly that. Dig into God's Word, look at the Scriptures in depth and in detail, and yet try to explain the teachings that God has communicated to us from those, from, through His Word in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our everyday life. And we're thankful that you're there. It's so, such a blessing to us to hear from our listeners, letting us know that you're listening, many of you, every day or just about every day, many others listening frequently as your schedule allows, and some others who listen even less frequently because of your busy schedules, and then there are always those new listeners. And we're so thankful for you in an extra special way because you are listening for the first few times. And our prayer is that you will quickly come to realize that the name of the program is not just a name. It is exactly what we do. We do search the scriptures of God's word. This program is not a program about Christianity or about the Lord's church or about God or about the Bible. This is a program that teaches God's Word, and therein it covers all of those other details. But we really do dig deep into God's Word, and we want to help you grow in your faith, because faith, as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So the development of faith is not a magical kind of thing. It's not a mystical kind of thing. It's not something that God bestows upon some people and withholds from others. It is something that develops within us as we dig deep into God's word, come to understand what his word really teaches, believe it, and then start to make the proper applications to our lives. Faith that is just intellectual understanding and agreement is not real faith as taught in the scriptures. It's just understanding and agreement. But real faith is put into action through obedience. Our Lord and Savior said himself, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14 and verse 15. He repeated it in verse 21. He repeated it again in verse 23. So we want to help you. We want to help you get to heaven. We Want to, we, we really do pray about you and pray for you. And we want to help you come to that point where your faith in God really develops to the point where you say, okay, I, I, I'm convinced I need to come to God through Jesus Christ, his son, my Lord and Savior, repenting of my sins, confessing my faith openly in him and surrendering to him in baptism so the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse me of the guilt of my sins. And I can be reborn spiritually, John 3, John 3 verses uh, 3 through 5. I can become that new creation spiritually, a new person spiritually, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And I can begin to really live in Christ John rather Romans chapter 6 verses 3 through 5 Galatians 3 and verse 27 I want to be in heaven for all of eternity with God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit we want to help you along that journey we want to help you take the right path we want to help you end up in heaven now we encourage you to encourage others to listen to this program and we know that not everybody can work in the exact times when this program airs over the radio, even though we're on several times, five days a week. We 
ha- we have the way that you can do that anyway, and you can tell your friends to, to listen by going to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And scroll down the home page to the podcast button, click on that, and it'll only take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. Now, that is free, and it always will be free. I want to emphasize that again. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help you get to heaven. We care about your soul. When you sign up for our podcasting, you'll automatically receive to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever you choose, automatically these radio programs will go every day, Monday through Friday. You'll also receive all of our sermons, all of our Bible studies, and a great daily, short, about a 12 or 13 minute Bible class each day that we call Today's Bible Class. Very relevant topics are covered in that particular line of study. So encourage everybody to listen to the program, and you take advantage of the website as well. And you can learn so much by by you know taking advantage of receiving all of those other classes and instructions and sermons and so on. Now, at the end of the program, we'll give you the information as to how you can contact us and ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. And it is free. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free and we'll take care of the postage. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and you can jot down that information at that time. We're going to get back into our line of study that began with me asking you a question. How much do you think God loves you? I'm not sure a great many people, but maybe maybe many people do, but I think a whole lot of people, they don't really stop and think about how much God loves them. How much do you think God loves you? We've been talking about the four dimensions of God's love that the Apostle Paul laid out for us in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 17. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. So there, the Apostle Paul lays out the magnitude of God's love in four dimensions. The width, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love for you and for me and for all mankind. Well, we talked about the width of God's love It is as broad as the earth is wide, from one end to the other, all around the globe. That's the width of God's love. But not just the the idea of the circumference of the earth, but it is from one end of humanity to the other. Remember, these four dimensions of God's love can be seen in that one very often quoted and rather short verse, John 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, the width of God's love, for God so loved the world. 
that whoever believes in him, the width of God's love, all across the globe, all around the earth, and all from one end of humanity to the other. The length of God's love? Well, God loved us. His love for us was in his mind before he ever created mankind. God so loved, past tense, that while Jesus was here, he gave, present tense at that time. And what does God offer those who come to him in faithful obedience? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting, future tense. The length of God's love? Well, again, before God ever created mankind, Ephesians 1 and verse 4, before the foundation of the world, his love for us was already in his mind as he created us to love us and also for us to love him, making us unique from everything else that he had created in that he instilled within us a soul, an everlasting soul. He knows us while we're still in our mother's womb, Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. And he patiently waits for us to come to the point where we understand and are ready to make the commitment to repent of our sins and come to him through his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. Well, let's look at the depth of God's love. How deeply does God love us? How would you describe the depth of your love for, say, your spouse, or for your children, or for your parents, or maybe for your friends? How deeply do you love them? How would you describe the depth of your love? How could it be any deeper than what God did for us in sending his son to that cross? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Sent him to that cross to die on our behalf. To pay the price, not for his sins, because he never sinned. But for our sins. Pay the price for our sins. In Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, what an incredible text this is. Reading on down through verse 11. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, before you get haughty or arrogant in distancing yourself from that particular description or identification of the ungodly, that's for you as well. He died for you. You might not consider yourself to be ungodly, but without Christ, you're a sinner and you're lost in your sin. Romans 3 and verse 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All, everyone, that includes you, and that includes me as well, and every other individual living upon this earth. Now, everyone who ever has lived and everyone who will live until the Lord comes again, we make mistakes. We commit sin. Galatians 3 and verse 22 tells us that we're all under sin. Now that is everybody who is able to understand the principle of sinfulness. So when we were still without strength, there's no way that we can effect our own forgiveness all by ourselves. Only God can forgive us through Christ. 
he died as the ultimate one time for all time perfect sacrifice strictly to pay the price for the guilt of our sins so that we could come to him come to God through him for forgiveness for redemption for eternal life Hebrews 7 and verse 27 when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die but yet for a perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die but God now what is the depth of God's love but God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us we weren't deserving of that sacrifice we weren't deserving of the death of Christ God sent his son to that cross as the perfect sacrifice because God loves us that much. That's the depth of God's love. He demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, that is enemies of God, if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God, that is brought back into a right relationship with God, through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. What an incredible text of scripture telling us the depth of God's love. And again, that's reflected in a shorter form in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. One of the most almost unbelievable, unreal scriptures in the entire New Testament is, in my mind, is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. And it says, He, that is God, made him, that is Christ, who knew no sin, Jesus lived in this world, being tempted in the same ways we're tempted, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 2, last few verses. Hebrews chapter 4, the last few verses. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, God did not make Christ to become sinful or a sinner. He made him to be sin for us. That is, when God sent Christ to that cross and he was hanging on that cross, nailed to it, all of the sins of all of mankind for all time were born upon his body on that cross. He bore the guilt of all the sins that ever had been committed, that were being committed that very day, and that would be committed until that final day of judgment when he comes again. He bore all of that guilt on himself as the ultimate perfect 
one time for all time sacrifice. When we look at Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, this is, an, this is a, an encouraging text of scripture. Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no external force that can separate us from God's love for us. Notice how again it says that love for us is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How could God have demonstrated the depth of his love for mankind, for humanity, for those created in his image with a soul any more vividly, in any more of a, an emphatically pronounced way than by sending his son to that cross to die for us? No created thing, no external force can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, we individually, personally, can walk away from God's love. But there is no body around us in our lives or in the world, no person in any kind of position of authority or power in this world. No thing can separate us from God's love as long as we walk with God in his love in Christ. No external force can separate us from the love of God. Oh, the depth of God's love. By way of illustration, there was a Norwegian explorer and Nobel Peace Prize laureate, Fritsch, Fritjof Nansen, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong because I'm not familiar with the pronunciations of the Norwegian name names. But this explorer on an expedition to the North Pole many years ago, he attempted to measure the depth of the Arctic Ocean at that time. He dropped a line at a certain point and when he logged in the depth after that attempt he listed how many feet that line went down and then he simply entered in the log deeper than that. Well then he tried it again with a deeper line and after that attempt, he entered into his log, how many feet that was, and then he said, deeper than that. Several times he did this, each time using a longer line, and every single time he entered into his log, the length of the line, and then the statement, deeper than that. Finally, he tied all of his lines together, and they still did not touch the bottom of the Arctic Ocean. His last entry in his log listed 
so many thousand feet, and then the statement again, and deeper than that. Whatever measurement you could use in your mind to illustrate the depth of God's love, whether you try to compare it with the love of a father for his sons and daughters, or a mother for all of her children, or the love of a husband for his wife, or the wife for her husband, the love of children for their parents, the love of someone who is extremely dear to you in friendship, or for a grandparent, or a grandchild, or an aunt, or an uncle, or a particularly close cousin. Whatever measurement in your mind that you could use to try to illustrate, to try to describe, to try to define the love of God, you would have to add the concluding note, it's deeper than that. God's love is deeper than that. Jesus, in John, in John chapter 15, talked about how the love that someone would feel for and express by giving his life for a friend. He said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. John 15 and verse 13. And then he went on to say, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. There's the obedience factor again in our relationship with God through Christ. The depth of God's love, he loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins when we were God's enemies because of our sins. He demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. However, we could try to imagine from a physical perspective, the perspective of someone living physical life in this world, the depth of God's love, we have to say, his love is deeper than that. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love for us. Oh, there's no way that we really deserve it. But Father, we need it so desperately, and we thank you for it. Help us, Father. Guide us to live in your love. And also to exemplify your love through our lives to those around us as we walk with you in faithful and consistent obedience through the rest of our physical lives on this earth. Thank you, Father. Praise be to you. And Father, we beg you for your forgiveness. Gracious Father, we give you the glory. In Christ's name, amen.